0: Hey everybody, this is David from Mojo Vitality. And a lot of what we do here at Mojo concentrates on pelvic wellness. And today we have the uh, owner and lead therapist at Progressive Pelvis Physical Therapy, Jackie Kroll, joining Dr. Collison today on the couch to talk about uh, really female pelvic health and wellness and what the crossover between what they do in pelvic floor physical therapy and what we do. Uh, optimizing hormones in women, and uh, vaginal rejuvenation. Of course, Uh, Dr. Collison and his long uh, expertise and experience in um, serving that type of uh, medicine and what Dr. Jackie does is a great crossover. So sit back and everybody stay tuned to hear two Goliaths of the pelvic health and wellness arena talk about things that's going to blow your mind coming up next.
1: Jackie Kroll here, owner of Progressive Pelvis Physical Therapy. I'm a pelvic floor physical therapist, and I'm here with Dr. James Collison, who's board certified in urology and subspecializes um, and previously did many reconstructive surgeries for female pelvic medicine. And he is now um, the medical director of Mojo Vitality here in Marietta, just outside of Atlanta. And we're excited to chat today about women's health, pelvic health, and, um, and sexual health. So uh, I'm, I'm really excited to pick his brain because I get so many of my patients asking me about hormone optimization um, as well as how they can improve their sexual health, especially over time in the perimenopause and menopause era um, of their life. I'm seeing women struggle with um, having the time with their OBGYNs to talk about some of these topics. Um, And so I'm sure you've seen it in your practice, but now you are experiencing a whole different um, a whole different, it's a whole different medical field to be able to, to s- spend the time necessary to answer questions um, given now that you're you're in a different setting. So can you tell me a little bit about that and that transition?
2: Yeah, that's, that's a good point. So uh, yeah, the, 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 your gynecologist, you know, the, we had a podcast on this earlier, you know, that they can't, they have their job to spend time on the typical diagnosis and presentations that are in their guidelines so they just they they ignore us as urologists Uh, just don't ever seem to find the time to invest in those details and things that you could do to make somebody's sex life better. I mean it ends up coming down to a small surgery or maybe one prescription or something like that and you end up doing a lot of the routine stuff that's in your guidelines. So but to really dive deep in, you know, somebody's hormonal balance or their sexual health or vaginal health or pelvic health, you know, it takes time and a lot of conversation and exploration of the, you know, and and some things work different for some women than others and in the traditional medicine, and I don't want to get off on Talking that down, but it's just not really designed to, to go in that. That takes you don't have time to sit in front of somebody and just really dig into their deep, you know, their their complaints and their needs. Um, so yeah, with this has got a different perspective here. So we sit and we're talking, you know, it's one on one, and you know, we're not trying to set you up for surgery. We're not trying to uh, fix those pain problems or uh, as much as what somebody might have. Like in the end, they may need hysterectomy, but. We don't even start with those angles, you know. It, it's really there's specific issues and concerns, or there are those that are actually doing okay, but they want to do better, and they know that they can, and they may have heard it from a friend or something like that. So, mm-hmm. so here it's a, it's a time investment, you know. When you make an appointment here, we can really explore your issues and do what we can to help, mm-hmm. you know, in a safe way.
1: Yeah, um, we get a lot of women in our office asking how can I make my orgasm better how can I make sex better you know I've noticed a difference since I had my baby or I've noticed a difference since menopause Um, when you have a woman coming to you wanting a better sex life what process does that what what does that look like
2: Well, it depends on their age range, how my perspective starts, you know, whether they're close to menopause, perimenopausal, or after, or maybe you have somebody that's 35 and they're done with children, or even those that are still cycling and they still might get pregnant. So the the starting point would be that. But, uh, you know, if they're uh, need to find out if it's a problem with pain, is it a problem with interest, Uh, the arousal part, or or they might be too sensitive, or they might not be coming uh, lubricated enough, um, you know, it, so some of them might just need the hormones serum, their blood work hormones optimized to in order mm-hmm. to get to the appropriate arousal. Uh, because if you can't ever get that, I mean if you just don't have the interest, it's hard for all the other stuff to kick in during mm-hmm. sexual activity. You won't have good sensation, you won't get good lubrication, you won't enjoy it, you know, you're just going through the motions. So it actually starts with the, the libido and doing what you can to get the arousal phase the best that it can. But some, but, Then you think the one the woman that has the great arousal, but then it's just not pleasurable or actually a little irritating to actually be part of it. So, you know, there's different phases of the of the sex life. But I would have to say, you know, uh, in a lot of times I would think of the hormones. The you know, not just local hormones, but you know, taking a pill or a patch or something like that uh, to get that optimized, because there's a lot to be gained with that.
1: Yes. It's been exciting to see. Um, I've been in pelvic health practice for over a decade and to see the shift in use of estrogen over the past couple of years has been really exciting, but I'm really looking forward to the future of more progesterone and testosterone for women and women being less fearful of use of hormones. Um, so what have you seen in regards to that as of recently?
2: So, you know, I trained in the 90s and um, it was around 2002, you know, the World Health Organization came out with this, you know, terrifying article, was it badly written, was it badly designed, you know, you can get all kind of people sharing their thoughts on that. But in the end, those women in the study were taking primer pills basically, uh, and that was very common back then in that particular. So, They linked it to breast cancer and whether that link was directly related to how that medicine was made, the way that it was given, daily pills, maybe it was flawed, and now they're going back. It's been over 20 years now. Now we're coming back, not me personally, but all kind of investigators thinking, you know, that that really did not get the answer that we needed. It really was not proving anything. Um, And so... Some people think it's because it's a daily pill, and you know, a female cycle—if you're cycling—that's a 28-day. I mean, the hormones are at all kind of different levels there, you know. And giving somebody just a daily pill where you get spikes—I call it the sawtooth pattern—just getting a daily spike, it goes back down, daily spike. Mm-hmm. So that your body's not used to seeing that, and that could be something with that. You know, it could be the dose, and they'll have them go through the first-pass effect of the liver. It could be that. So, and it may be that the, uh, the hormones then were not bioidentical, which we can talk about in a little bit. So, there's a lot of controversy on that. So, basically, they're starting over. And what we have learned is that all this dementia and these hip fractures are just getting more and more common as somebody gets older. And, you know, uh, where's this coming from? You know, I mean, these quality of life, some people are living, women are living a long time, but their quality of life is terrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so anyway, uh, yeah. It's, in the last couple of years, more and more women have seeked out going on some sort of hormone replacement, including testosterone. So this is actually a new game. I mean, for most people, never heard of this stuff. So, that, but a lot of them are really nervous. I mean, maybe as we move on today, we can share our you know information what we've learned about the safety of going on different types of hormones. Uh, but. Um, there's a lot of excitement in what we can do for a female to make their, you know, their sex life better. There's overall health, exercise abilities, you know, able to get their weight down and cognitive effects. So there's a lot to be gained by, you know, looking into the hormones. So this is, we're all talking about serum hormones, meaning in the bloodstream, you know, which we can measure with tests.
1: Absolutely. Mm-hmm and so um testosterone in particular can be a big game changer for libido and orgasm strength and capacity um is how do you typically for a woman administer a, some testosterone and or progesterone
2: well progesterone is mostly still used as a pill and uh <clears throat> This is just a short part of the progesterone, but that's still a pill pill that you take at night. And there's a new, um, I wouldn't call it a fad, but there's a new interest in giving a micronized uh, progesterone. And that's, that's a story for another day. But a lot of gels, patches, or pellets aren't used with progesterone very much. I mm-hmm. uh, deem that the progesterone tablet probably is, it makes you, uh, gets you good sleep and stuff like that. So it's mm-hmm. still a nightly pill. So there's not a lot of controversy on that mm-hmm. method of administration, but now. Testosterone, there's actually a pill form, but I do not recommend that. Mm-hmm. Even a, even a troche or a throat lunge that you can take mm-hmm. that I don't recommend that. But uh, there's creams, There's a sh- there's shots, which are the cheapest and uh, then those pellet inserts. And what I'd say about testosterone is that, <laughs> I'd say that when women get to be about 40, they've lost their baseline testosterone that they had in half. So think of it like this, women at all times, compared to all, all men, they have about 10% of testosterone floating around in their bloodstream. And uh, you'd think, well, this must not be as important. Well, I'd have to say it's the opposite. So its fluctuations are more critical and more felt by the patient Mm-hmm. because of that small little variation, you know. It's uh, it's like you had a great big sand pile over there and you go over there and take a bu- couple of buckets away. Well, I mean, you still got a great big sand pile. But you now you got some with a little sand pile and you take those same two buckets away, you know. So, yeah. so with women, you know, they have a 28-day cycle. And so that testosterone is just a baseline. It doesn't have that diurnal 24-hour fluctuation like a man's does. It's this little baseline. And when they get close to ovulation, a couple of days before, and theoretically, you know, I, I, I never really picked up on this unless you really start talking to a female, but that's sometimes the best days of a female's month. They feel the 1000% best.
1: 1000%. I really?
2: can okay. relate. Yes. Yeah. See, it, it, nobody's ever really, you ever heard anybody talk about that? I mean, not guys don't know this. I mean, I can tell you that. Yeah. And, um, but yeah. And so it, you know, sure. Of course their estrogen is very high there. They're building the endometrium of their uterus lining and, and then the progesterone starts to go up. But when you ovulate, the estrogen's at its peak, but also the testosterone is too. You can see it. It's just like a little blip on the map right there at the same time, right during the yeah. ovulation. And it could be that it. You know, it might double in amount mm. during that time. Mm-hmm. Um, so giving somebody testosterone now, a female testosterone, um, it can have a lot of that same feeling that you're just mm-hmm. expressing right there. That, you know, they're... They want to get out and do things. They sleep great. Uh, they're in a great mood. Their sexual arousal is fantastic. So you can get a lot of that by raising the, the testosterone in a female just ever so slightly. We're not trying to make it like the man's level. That's not it. You're just trying to, you know, we don't know what it was when you were 25. We don't know what it was mm-hmm. when you were 18. And we don't know what your receptors are doing either. But uh, just giving somebody cream. I always start with cream sometimes if they're nervous about it or whatever. But I will tell you from a health perspective at risk nobody has found any
0: mm.
2: honestly and, and you know if you give too much you can i'm going too far with this i'm sure but you know if you give too much they might get a little uh acne breakout or a little hair here and there i mean there's a lot of other things that happen when you give them way too much but just a little too much you might notice those subtle things and they're reversible you know mm-hmm. you can lower the dose or you. so
0: yeah
2: so anyway very there's, safe. yes it's very safe i'm very comfortable i would give it to all my Friends that are female and family, I would do it it all day long. I Mm -hmm. I feel no risk or concern by doing that, and they've got lots to gain, you know, doing it correctly, you
0: know. Mm -hmm.
2: And there's not a, it's easy to monitor as well, Uh, but the, and the progesterone, you know, you now we're talking about whether they've had a hysterectomy or not, and we're getting in the weeds on that. But the dosing on that is, you know, it's titrated you kinda of titrate it, you know. You obviously you don't want to get causing uterine bleeding, but that goes with the estrogen. So anyway, I, I would say that uh, those two things, mainly the testosterone, has not been explored much. I mean, and, and that is the easiest to manage
1: in a mm-hmm. female. hmm I've I've heard some other providers discuss um postpartum blues and depression and how it's related to that plummet of hormones after pregnancy in that postpartum period. And if we have a mom who is suffering from some significant postpartum depression, and they're not breastfeeding, why not give them some level of hormones to kind of let them level out and improve their mood? I think one thing that a lot of women even don't realize is how much their hormones impact their mood. And so I think that's one of the biggest probably things that you see is that women come back and after starting some HRT hormone optimization, they notice one of the biggest things that changes is their mood and their energy level. And uh, I want more women to know about this for this, for this one singular reason, Mm -hmm. Um, mood can is is greatly impacted by your hormones and i think it's really it must be really rewarding to see that
2: oh it is and i would say that you know the unfortunate thing is after pregnancy and this again you can't test it is that you know your hormone levels got really high you know some women love pregnancy i mean Mm -hmm. they just feel like they're their best you know and in the human body what is unfortunate is that whenever it sees a lot of stuff um it's like, you know, that's a lot. What's going on here? And so your body, all the cells in your body will downregulate the receptors or they'll modify mm-hmm. so that it will not react or respond so much to the exposure of a signaling agent or a hormone. Not just sex hormones, but that could be anything. And so, you know, when you've been to pregnancy, they've been really high. And, you know, you're, you're, and, and most of the time that makes you feel really good. But during this time, you know, your receptors might be downregulating some. So when then it went back to where two or three weeks later it went back to where it was. Well, now your receptors haven't recuperated; they're still desensitized or involuted or whatever it does. And now your normal level of hormones aren't doing what they used to. Mm, I see. So unfortunately, we can't fix that. Your body, mm-hmm. uh, your body has to uh, upregulate over time. Realize, oh, you know, this body's used to a little more reaction to that. So then it starts mm-hmm. up. With, so <clears throat> testosterone. Uh, during that time is perfectly safe uh, mm-hmm. you, if you wanted to go on some estrogen you could the key is mm-hmm. you don't want to do that when you know you're gonna get pregnant again
1: hmm
2: yeah, yeah you want to really make sure that you haven't done that now that would be the downside of that but there wouldn't be harm physically if you're doing that yeah uh, and testosterone again would be the easiest
1: yeah the other thing that's really safe and um, w- we've recommended our practice is DHEA And it's actually available over-the-counter. Bonafide is a product that uh, Reverie, they sell Reverie, and it's a suppository. But there's also another company that sometimes I've recommended called Bezwekin and you can get them online. Um, But tell us a little bit about DHEA and how it benefits the vaginal canal.
2: Yes, um, you can get those sources. You can get them off Amazon. I mean, you know, they've got, you know, and uh, but now there's the compound pharmacies have multiple doses of that. And, um, and you can get some higher doses and play with a little bit. And uh, So DHEA is one of the androgens, there's like five different androgens that a female can have. Most of them made by the adrenal gland, but you know your ovaries make testosterone in that, that line of products too. Mm-hmm. And DHEA is at the beginning uh, of the uh, flow of how, Hormone, sex hormones are made. So you start with cholesterol, a cholesterol molecule, and it gets certain enzymes that make it into the next thing and the next things. Well, DHEA, DHEA is early in that pathway, mm. and uh, as it keeps enzymes keep changing it, then you got androstenedione is another one. Then you finally get testosterone. Then you know it can go off another route. Then you get another enzyme that'll make it into estradiol, then later estratriol. So DHEA is up there earlier in the path, so it's capable of being cleaved and made by your body into estrogen and testosterone both you see Mm -hmm. so um and it's to mimic what your adrenal gland makes the men have it too and uh so there's dhea creams there's dhea tablets and there's vaginal dhea now i'm a fan of the dhea vaginally Mm -hmm. um again the DHEA by mouth, now you're asking again for estrogen by mouth. I'm just not a fan of that. Mm-hmm. But um, the, Okay, so there's testosterone receptors and estrogen re- receptors in the vaginal lining. Mm-hmm. There's probably more testosterone receptors towards the end of the vagina. So uh, in the medical terms we say proximal and distal, right? So the proximal vagina would be the deep vagina, and mm-hmm. the more distal vagina would be the outer. So the outer one-third of the vagina, mm-hmm. those Embryological parts are analogous to a male,
0: mm-hmm.
2: so they theoretically also have more testosterone, or they are have the ability to upregulate to have more testosterone receptors because those cells were uh, came from before nine weeks of a, a fetus that you know had the same parts and man ready to become either one. Mm-hmm. You see. so anyway, so if you administer DHEA, it's, You know, it uh, provides some testosterone and some estrogen, both. You're kind of getting a little bit of both, both worlds. And so, and we can go into this a little more in a minute, but in basic uh, terms, the estrogen for uh, vaginal health will make the epithelium, the lining, become thicker, more blood flow. Um, You'll start making more secretions. Uh, it'll make it less sensitive or irritating during sexual activity. As it does that, your pH will be lower, which prevents infections. So with the DHEA uh, intravaginal, uh, back to what we were talking about, is the estrogen part will thicken the epithelial layer to get the, the moisture secretions. Now, will it help your central nervous system in the arousal phase? No, it's just basically local tissue, um, you know, thickening and. And uh, lactobacillus, you know, we need more lactobacillus all over us. It's a powerful organism and it's um, symbiotic with us, so it's not harmful. It's not pathogenic. So mm-hmm. you want that in the vagina, lots of it. It feeds off the glycogen made by the sloughing cells. And you get more and more of those in the vagina, the more estrogen you've had and thicken that epithelium comes, And then you get more lactobacillus and they make lactic acid and all that. So yeah, that is a healthy vaginal environment. Mm -hmm. is what you want and you know if you get close to menopause or if you had to have your ovaries removed because of endometriosis or what it may be then you know over time you're going to see that your vaginal lining will you know become thin frail non-compliant more rigid Mm -hmm. less secretions sex is hard to enjoy Mm -hmm. and um, DHEA is one way of doing it we've had some that like that some not uh, some have just go to the estrogen cream or some estrogen suppository It probably does a little more, but it doesn't have the testosterone effect. The testosterone part to the receptors probably does um, help with the part of the arousal, the sensation. Maybe that, I don't think estrogen in the vagina so much makes uh, the sexual sensation that much better. It can help because of what it did to the lining, but the testosterone probably can make orgasm, getting wet and just the enjoyment during sexual activity probably will increase it. Now that's that mm-hmm. it's hard to do a study on that, if you think about it, you know. Yeah. That's a subjective, you know, type thing. But uh I've I've done that before, so I've had success. I've had women just come in and say, Man, that fixed me. I mean we've tried everything but that was it. You know, maybe that's a great. testosterone cream, there's an appropriate one you use. They don't make testosterone suppositories for the female, but you can get a cream that you can apply. Yeah.
1: Okay. Sex is so complex. Um, You've got the mind and the body working together. And um, sometimes we have to treat all the things. I know that at pelvic floor therapy, we see women who want, you know, to achieve stronger orgasm and we're working on their pelvic floor strength for that. Um, We often refer to sex therapists and sex counselors to assist in the mind component or we're recommending resources Um, and you've referred to medications and hormone optimization but there's also devices that can help optimize in the vaginal canal and ease some of the symptoms associated with with menopause Um, tell us a little bit about what mojo offers in that regard
2: okay So, I would say um, a good thing that a female can remember that there's really two things that will optimize your sexual experience from the vagina mucosa standpoint. And that's what we just talked about, some sort of local hormone, sex hormone uh, replacement or optimization, the HEA testosterone or estrogen, they come in many different forms. Or you can do something that actually, uh, a procedure to actually uh, build that tissue. That's the Mona Lisa Touch. It is not new. Uh, I think it came out in this country a decade or more ago, just maybe 2012, maybe. And uh, I've been doing it for years. And uh, so I'm not going to tell you anything that you can't find on the Internet already. But I'll tell you about my experience and what I'm a firm believer in. And, and that is, that laser makes a spray of little laser, CO2 laser cuts. It's, it almost looks like you're spray painting in spots, that's the way I call it. And you do that all the way to the back of the vagina, circumferentially all the way out to the front, and then you have an external handpiece that treats the introitus, underneath the urethra, all around, underneath the clitoral area, the labia minora. I've never done the Majora, but I've heard some people have. But um, It basically, it, it just leaves this little pattern of tiny little cuts. A little bit, it's tolerable. You can sit there and have a conversation with me while I'm doing it, you know. And uh, it takes about five minutes. And uh, what happens is for about a couple of days, you get a little clear vascular discharge. Some people complain it's a little bit of itching, but not debilitating, typically. And um, what happens is your body brings in this healing tissue, uh, excuse me, healing stuff, molecules, and rebuild signaling that you'll start getting that thicker layer. So just in itself, without the hormones, you can start seeing that same response. And they've actually done biopsies to prove this. It's not theoretical. I mean, that tissue, that epithelial area is thicker, starts making more secretions, becomes more compliant. So people who sign up for Mona Lisa laser are not the ones who want to make everything tighter. You know, you're looking for it, it. That's not what that does. It'll actually make the tissue more compliant so it can help with improved sensation uh, better sexual experience uh, uh, and just bringing the pH back where it's supposed to be. Uh, and you can do that in combination with the hormone locally. And that is, if you want to do both, that really, if you're trying to just get the best, you, you mm-hmm. do both of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I say the hormones different from person to person, what works. So we've had good success with it. I, I used to quote an 80% success rate. And when I'd say that, <clears throat> those that came in would get anywhere between three and five treatments. Uh, three was the way it was reported, and some people needed a little bit more. I'd let the patient decide, they'd come in, get the minimum three. You have to do the three, because the first one, the setting is, is a special kind of setting to gate, um, set the stage for the next two. Mm. So um, when I said 80%, I mean, first of all, those who came for the first, they all wanted to come back for the, to get all three. You know, after about the second one, they're like, wow, I mean, I'm, I'm starting to notice a difference here. You know, I mean, mm. it's not grand at two, two treatments, but it's noticeable. It's an improvement. Mm-hmm. And so then after three, want to get five, and the three they were doing good, but someone like, oh well, y'all just want to keep going further with this, because you can't really do it too much, mm-hmm. you know, as long as you're waiting six weeks between, you know, and then we'd get people coming to get it twice a year just to keep the maintenance up. And in the end, it could end up being cheaper than all that low the topical stuff, you know, because mm-hmm. if you just get your tissue rehabilitated, And then you can maintain it with the treatment now and then. Um, That's just a good long-term plan. It's very cost-effective. It's little money up front. So we've got good success with that. That's the only... They have some other devices out there that are a lot more complicated that probably do more than just the superficial layer. Um, I would say you would be more of an expert in that department. But, uh, But if you're really wanting to get the outer tissue thickened secretions, uh, you know, the better sensitivity where you just change the mucosal lining. Those are the only two angles really directions to go to get that back.
1: Okay. Um, and I want to touch on before we leave hormones and go more towards libido is, uh, talking about the value of Estrogen as we age, and the fact that women should really be using it until they die um, to prevent a lot of the UTIs that we see later in life. Um, can you can you speak to that? You practice so long in urology.
2: You can. I mean, it, you know, uh, men don't have very much estrogen, so uh, it's quite obvious that I believe that women have better hair and skin. Dazzling. And uh, I think a lot of that has to do with that angle there. So it's uh, self-confidence and looks. And um, it has a lot to do, it, you know, it, it stinks to let it fall off and then have to build it back up. So at some point, even in your middle age years, you're done having children, you know, and you're 35 or 40 and we have women come in and get, you know, uh, replacement therapy and we'll put a little testosterone and estrogen, you know, it, it can vary, but um, the estrogen, for sexual health and preventing urinary tract infections and pelvic health in general, um, it's essential in keeping that tissue lively, youthful, whatnot, testosterone won't do that. Now testosterone will do other things, but not that. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> as far as like mood and cognitive things, you know, the estrogen and testosterone as well, but estrogen plays a big part in that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, there's, there's receptors up there for that. And it's not, the blood brain barrier does not prevent that from going in there and doing its thing. So it's a slow decline and it starts early. I mean, your estrogen levels are going down and your testosterone levels are going down in middle age years. Mm-hmm. And you're just waiting for them to turn off before you start taking them. I mean, you know, why would you do that? I mean, so if you do it correctly and do the right amount, I mean, then you're really maintaining healthy tissue all over your joints. Um, they need the sex hormones in addition to other signaling agents to keep youthful mm-hmm. and lively. Um, and then you're right, the arousal phases that we'll, I guess, we'll talk about in a minute, and the, the different stages of sex, arousal, maintaining a good sensation, and then orgasm, things like that. I mean, that's three different phases there. So, mm-hmm. uh, the fir- actually, the first and the last are the most complicated. Um, mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, you're just what you just don't realize what you're missing out on. In fact, women, you know, right now, really, very few of them experience it because we've robbed them of it for 20 years. Um, and so, I would highly recommend that it would be great if we, you and I, have spoken to this before. If you, we all, even the, even in men, you have got a baseline level of what you are say when you're 22. You're testing. done with puberty. You're done. You got all that behind you, and it's starting to level out now. What was it then? You know. What yeah. was your FSH and LH and what was your, you know, uh, even all your others, the, the, as I said, the other uh, androstenedione and the DHEA and, you know, what was your estradiol, yeah. what was your extra trial for that matter, and, you know, what yeah. was your suffering. If we need, if we could have that panel to compare it to later and yeah. the stress, uh, you know, you were talking about the arousal, you know, uh, uh, normal vaginal health and, you know, lots of stress can play out big and, you know, we're in the country now where we're multitasking. We don't know how to do anything without multitasking, yeah. you know? and that and i always go back to the fight or flight but most people remember that from high school if you were in sexual activity and just felt great man and woman or yeah. partners whoever yeah. if someone outside your house shot a shotgun all the blood flow that went down there to it's gone it's gone immediately so when you're stressed you've got a lot of things going through your head and you're focusing and focusing uh you're taking away from your own ovaries, I men are taking away from their own testicles. Even make that stuff, mm-hmm. you know. You're you're killing it over time, and of course during the arousal phase, it's completely impacted by that. So, um, addressing those things earlier, <laughs> yeah. I would have to say, uh, you know, uh, will help you in the long run. I mean, you can st- restore and get a lot of it back, but you know, but you sure did miss out on a lot.
1: Yeah. You know? I love how Mojo offers testing, uh, this hormonal testing, so cheaply. And um, they can come in and get a consult with you for really inexpensive. $50 for a consult um, is is such a phenomenal deal. And uh, I think tracking over time your hormone levels is a very well-worthy investment. Um, and so I love that. I love that you got. You also offer. So, in addition to hormones and the laser Mona Lisa, um, you guys also offer, offer libido, like the PT one forty one you were telling me about, and some other things that will help your interest peak. Your interest, if that has that first part, is a struggle.
2: Yeah, that's tough. Uh, so, yeah, you want to optimize your serum hormones first, because uh, if you're uh, circulating testosterone levels and estrogen levels weren't optimized or on par, you, these other ones that we're going to talk about are very helpful, but you, you, you're really a little bit wasting your time. You really ought to consider optimizing those first and then do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yes, uh, PT-141 was empty approved not too long ago, and it's a little peptide molecule, very safe. and. Um, it affects the central nervous system. We're not doing anything locally to your private. So it definitely uh, enhances the arousal phase. So it's FDA approved for female hyposexual disorder, mm-hmm. but the men and women are both analogous. So both of them can take this. So it's in, you can get it in a nasal spray, you can get it in a shot, a little tiny needle we're talking about, it. you know, sub so cute. And, um, and actually a cream and a troche or a throat lunge. Mm-hmm. So uh, each one of those work, the shot works pretty in thirty minutes. It's almost thirty minutes to an hour thing. So mm-hmm. you know, uh, but the the lunges that in the, 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 the creams, like in the nasal spray, people report it works in two hours. Some people might be in an hour. So you kind of have to figure out how your own body deals with it and the dose as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, but there's no risk in that. I mean, honestly, you just use that on the spot. You don't do that every day. You know, it, it's an on the spot thing that really increases arousal mm-hmm. uh, interest. Okay and now when you do that see now it, it, you got to get it right from the beginning it's like a rocket ship you know if it's a little off course before it gets to the moon they can fix it but if it's off course right here at the beginning then you, you the whole trip's lost mm-hmm. so um the arousal phase is so important to start sending blood flow to your private parts i mean you've mm-hmm. got to be in there and it, things relax you know women some women can't relax enough you know they have already got the wheels the cogs turn you know they can't relax yeah. so, so you need the arousal phase To be very good you know and that was the guys that used to go and get the viagra and cialis when it came out which worked fantastic um that was worthless if they couldn't get past the you know the stress and you know you know they 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 just didn't even want to think about the arousal but you still you got to be in the mood that's why i said you can't be sitting there watching 60 minutes and you take viagra and all of a sudden everything's great it doesn't work that way so you need and that's a very complicated thing there are some hypothalamus and you're upstairs here there's a lot of organs that play a role in that, it's not well understood. Mm-hmm. So the PT-141, it's got another, I can't pronounce it's second name, it starts with a B, Brimelonat or something like that. I apologize to the audience. <laughs> it's too complicated to say, so I say a scientific name. So yeah, that's one. Um, that's one that hardly anybody knows about, honestly. Yeah, Think about yeah. it, I mean, that's a, I've never heard any guy ever talk about it, or female in my office, yeah. you know, we ended up offering it to him. So yeah. a lot of compounding pharmacies, you have to get from them. You can't go to your local pharmacy and get it. You know?
1: yeah. So I love this very comprehensive approach you have to sexual health and addressing it. And uh, going so far as the step before even all this, the peaking of the interest, is some of the weight loss stuff that you guys do to really help people feel their best and look their best and have that confidence. Because I think that confidence is really uh, a precursor to being interested as well. For themselves and their partner,
2: yeah, self-image, mm-hmm. your your self-love, your self-image uh, certainly would have a lot of impact on your, you know, your arousal and your sexual, your whole sexual life. To be honest with you, if you're not, you don't have good self-image, you know, it's just hard to even get there. So, um, yeah, there's multiple ways that Mojo approaches that, and that's a big topic there that has a lot of ways to address it. And uh, we have weight, you know, weight loss. Well, first of all, we will always coach you on dieting, and what I feel. A combination of things for dieting to lose weight as well as living a long time, you know, Mm -hmm. longevity. Uh, There's a lot of good science behind all that. So we would certainly want to coach you on that and exercise. And then we can augment that with, you know, uh, weight loss medications, uh, Mm -hmm. peptide uh, therapy, we call it. that I consider to be safe. Oh uh, yeah, we don't do anything that I hear that I consider to be unsafe. That I wouldn't do to my own mother or wife or something mm-hmm. like that. Honestly. Um, yeah. So yeah, we have a big approach to that. That's a large approach. So yeah. Um. So I, and now that you say that, since we've been open, I mean, I guess that's the consult that they come for. You know, they'll have a lot of things on there they're interested in. I'm like, okay, what are you? Okay, I saw that you're really interested in all this stuff, but really, give me two to work with that's really interesting. So it always ends up being the weight loss first. I mm-hmm. mean, that, you know what? I mean. Everybody would like to lose weight, so it's they may not have realized until they were filling out that questionnaire, like, you know, I really would like to lose some weight, because then all yeah. this other stuff, right.
0: um,
2: and that ends up what's happening here. We yeah. get them started on that, and I remind them, like, you know, we just spent 45 minutes with you, so we're going to have to come back another time, but at least we can get some blood work, you know, after I've talked mm-hmm. to you, what you feel might be best, the panel you need, and then uh, let's get you losing some weight. Mm-hmm. And we can begin working on some of the stuff. Some of it doesn't require blood work and full analysis. I could just do it, you know. Right. But, uh, but you're right. The, the losing weight is, is, uh, is very popular. I mean, it's on everybody's radar to some yeah. degree.
1: And I think it's a really great square one to start with because it does, um, you're, you're working on their health from a variety of angles when you're getting them to an optimal weight range. And exercise is inevitably a component of that. And what we know about libido is that exercise is a is a major factor when you're when you're getting that blood pumping thoroughly and often. Um, it definitely helps with your libido. It helps with your pelvic floor strength. It helps with um, getting blood flow down there. And that's always one of the education points I make sure my patients know is that exercise is the number one or is a huge component of (laughs) of libido and better sex. So, uh, yeah, it's. I I would go on to say
2: that leg exercises, though, you know, resistant training on the legs. They have found that in women and men, it'll raise your own production of testosterone naturally. And, of course, the cardiovascular part, yes, because the blood flow to the areas that you need will only improve, of course, and that's why we tell people don't smoke and don't don't try not to get your blood pressure up. We have to take blood pressure medicine because it works against you in all those ways. Yes.
1: So we've talked a lot about female sexual health, female, female hormone health. I think one other thing that my patients would be interested in is knowing how this all ties in as well with um, stress urinary incontinence, which increases, the risk increases as we age. Um, And I have often, of course, worked with them on their pelvic floor strength, but often recommend and refer out for hormone therapy Mm -hmm. as well. Um, And you may have other methods of treatment for stress urinary incontinence as well.
2: Yeah, so reflecting on the parts that we already talked about, so with what you do with the pelvic floor, the musculature, the fascial planes, um, some of the uh, network of material uh, that are around the vagina and the pelvis, when you have optimized your estrogen uh, circulation, what's circulating in your body, Mm -hmm. I would have to say that it even makes... You, they can get even more out of what you do, mm-hmm. is to have that optimized. Um, so I just want to put that backwards up and pull that plug. Don't, what was the other question again?
1: Um, well, I think that you were telling me about the Mona Lisa uh-huh. um, being also helpful for stress urinary incontinence.
2: Yes, yeah, so um, the coaching that you all do for uh, uh, stress urinary incontinence is, is uh, very helpful, probably goes further than us, but I always tell women that, you know, with the stress urinary incontinence and even the urgency incontinence, um, that, you know, after they've, they've been, they've had their first pregnancy and then immediately, immediately after that first pregnancy and delivery is that every time they urinate, every single time, you stop your stream really fast, halfway through it, every time you'll get in the habit of doing it so much that you don't even know you do it anymore. And some people are born doing that anyway. Some women will urinate and they cut the stream off and I don't know whether they think or how it got to be it Then they do the second half of the stream, you know. That action there alone, just stopping as fast as you can, every time you urinate, from then on out, that goes a long way. That doesn't cost mm-hmm. anything. Mm-hmm. You'll do it enough to where you just forget, you know. Yeah. Um, and um, that and then the exercises and things that you all coach. I mean, we coached yeah. it in a certain way. Um, can but,
1: I can I put it on pause and, and um, mention? So I'm, this is so interesting. So in our, our pelvic floor classes, they talk specifically about that, stopping and starting your stream and how it's not good for you and it, drill that
2: in. You can't do that for those that are having pelvic pain. So if they're having pelvic discomfort, yeah. Yeah. You don't want, and that's also why we don't want to do it once. Like some people just doing that thing like that. Yeah. But if sleep people have pelvic problems like pain or irritation, they've yeah. done studies. To, well, your study, you all have probably different literature than us, but the studies that, you know, like interstitial cystitis and all those people yeah. that we have or inflamed pelvis and whatnot, yeah. or irritable bowel that's so bad that you can't tell us it's bladder blood or not, that that kegels and s- s- pelvic floor exercises you cannot do. It's only relaxation techniques. So, but for stress and continence, that in itself in this yeah.
1: little ball yes so i've heard it confuses the bladder like because your it's your when you relax your pelvic floor that tells your bladder to contract right um when you sit down and you relax then your belt that's when your bladder contracts but if you're sitting down and you're relaxed then it's getting a a confusing message
2: no, well, you know, the, the the ladies that we have to tell them to relax their pelvic floor in order to initiate void, because the act of voiding is not your bladder squeezing first, it's the external the external sphincter. It, right. This will not squeeze until this thing has noticed a relaxation. This can't squeeze. It is right. a, that's built into human function, that concert right there. Right. So. Um, and
1: a lot of people I see have a discoordination. Yeah. Uh
2: that. that's yeah. right. Mm-hmm. And so you can see people that have like a damage to their perineal nerve and they have a spasm of this, they'll never be able to generate a bladder contraction because they can't that that concert has to happen. Right. So I guess the study I would say to you, so that's a pelvic floor dysfunction patient, right? right. You no, know, they can't relax that. So you would not want to tell them. Yeah. But a person that's just run-of-the-mill stress incontinence that doesn't have a complex problem going on with their pelvis. Yeah, we do that because they've done studies that neurologically, that action of doing that, it doesn't do anything directly to the bladder, but it neurologically, it starts building a reflex response that makes the bladder calm down and, and whatnot, so and actually hold more urine. But uh, no, it's, it's very strong in the, in the urology literature for just stress incontinence or overactive bladder without some complex pain issue or irritation that it okay. will cut down on their leakage. For sure okay. but you know the old thing a female should hold their urine like right. squeeze that no, no, no that's yeah. different yeah, you don't want
1: we to that. often advise them to work on that contraction on the way to the restroom if they have urge incontinence but not when they're actually sitting um but yeah it's interesting to hear what I'd, i'll have to look at some of this research
2: yeah. some of it's confounding it's just like telling somebody don't eat a lot of protein because when you eat way too much protein then you get too much insulin growth factor and you get too much growth hormone and, you know, that's bad for you. you get you cancer. Then you're like, well, wait a minute, those, that's also the things that can keep you young and all that. So I see literature that that doesn't sure. line up, you know, it's, yeah. it's compound. But I mean, we can leave that part out if you want. But um, that has been, you know, that's what our nurse and our, all of our doctors would coach, you yeah. know, that stopping one time and doing it multiple times, I think creates kind of a, a tetany or spasm like it. Um, I just don't think it's as good because relax, relaxing it is just as important as squeezing it, you know. So, right. Right. Well, um, anyway, I don't know where to, to, to go from there.
1: <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I, I definitely. Okay. Um, Got it back on? I
2: never stopped. So. So he's going to use some of that, you know.
1: <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. So, uh, yeah, we'll figure it out. But. Um, So, wrapping up, as far as stress urinary incontinence, what Mojo offers is a variety of things from um, Hormone Help, as well as Mona Lisa Laser, Um, and so there's a lot of options that that one has when, when they come to Mojo in regards to the stress urinary incontinence as well. Uh, but I think above anything else, what you guys offer and do so well is education and taking the time with with your patients to help them understand what their options are and um, what they need to look at for the future, not just for the present, but for the future.
2: Well, that's what I tell everybody at the NLA the ultimate goal is longevity and a great health span everybody wants to talk about now just a good quality of life for a long period of time yeah. and, you know you don't want to be a short fuse i mean a year if i gave a female just tons of testosterone they came in they're going to be they're going to love me to death but that's not a good long-term plan and right. then you later on are going to have problems with that so yeah it's uh everything that we can think of that'll make you live a long time and some of the sexual health will come naturally with that just because you're taking care of yourself mm-hmm. uh and so, yeah, we'll sit down and, you know, people have different interests and we will address those interests. But in the end, the, the ultimate goal is just being awesome. Yeah. I mean, seriously, yeah. uh, I, I, I truly believe there's all kind of ways to do that. Uh, and I can help you do it at Mojo for sure.
1: Well, that's really exciting. Thanks for taking some time to talk to my patients specifically today, Dr. Colson. Uh, JC, he goes by at Mojo and uh, we'll provide a link.